Welcome to Growth Hack by Poppy Digital. Tips and tricks to master the algorithms from industry insiders. Now here's your host, Julian Espinoza. Welcome back to Growth Hack, where we break down marketing channels like Google, Facebook, Instagram, and show them how to make them work for you. Google. Oh yes, another episode on how to get rankings on the search engines. This episode, we hold true to this podcast, and we give you the hacks to turn the marathon of SEO into a sprint. We discuss the components of SEO strategy, we talk tools on how to improve your visibility, and how to monitor your results. On this episode of Growth Hack, we welcome Steve Weidman. Steve considers himself a scientist and practitioner of local and e-commerce search engine optimization and paid search advertising. He is the author of SEO Strategy and Skills and has personally played a role in the inbound successes of brands that have included Disney, Belkin, Public Storage, Honda, Skechers, Applebee's, IHOP, Dole, and others. Welcome, Steve. Thanks, Julian. So, Steve, we're going to get right into it. Um, our subject today is going to be SEO, search engine optimization. And you have a very interesting perspective because you come from corporate uh, search marketing and, and, and the corporate world. Um, so what is your definition of SEO as you see it? You're right. I think, I think there's this big myth of, you know, what is, you get these calls all day long. I can make you number one in Google, right? And, and business owners are, are so confused as to what the heck they're talking about that they're either skeptical and don't want anything to do with them or they're smart and they realize they're selling snake oil. So I think it's important to, um, you know, to sort of broaden it out and understand what, what the goal is for pretty much anywhere you go online, you're going to be searching for something. You, maybe you're just searching for a website you want to go to, but you still, in some cases, searched for it instead of going directly to it, especially on your phone. Uh, but if you go to Google, if you go to um, Bing, if you go to Amazon, if you go to YouTube to use those tools, you search. Sure, there's some navigation elements in some some of them, but nobody clicks anymore, right? They're they're trying to find what they're looking for. So our our goal from SEO standpoint, search engine optimization, is to appear as often as we can for the keywords that are most important to our business. And the search engines are great at being able to match up what's a helpful result, you know, to what the user is searching for. So if you're a car dealership and you're trying to rank for video game retailer, it's just not going to happen. They're going to see that users aren't staying on that web page. They're going back and choosing a more helpful result. So um, the idea of, of gaming search results, um, you know, is, is long and, and died years ago. Now it's about, you know, crafting a strategy that allows us to improve the helpfulness of our content, to improve the visibility of that content off our website, where search engines are crawling through the web to find, index, and hopefully rank our pages. Um, and uh, of course, how users are interacting with our listing in the search results. If you're, if you're working on all three of those things to provide a better page than what already shows up, to provide more visibility to that page across other, other websites, maybe even offline, um, and to improve how your listing looks in the search results, and you're doing those things as part of your marketing strategy, you're going to see an increase in your keyword rankings and the number of search terms that you rank for. How does a 200 location uh, strategy look in comparison to a, a one stored website? Now we're getting into the different uh, niches of search, right? The, the business models, if you will, are e-business models, which is what I went to school for. And so we're talking about the commerce versus um, you know, marketing versus you know, subscription. There's so many different e-business models that you're going to have to try to monetize your site or to draw in leads from it. 
And I think with what you're referring to is is local search and localized results. You know, when you perform a search in Google and they've seen that search before and they know that users want a specific place, they'll show a, a three pack of their map listings and then some blended results. And so our, our goal, of course, is to try to have visibility in both places. To do that, there's, you know, there's four different things we want to focus on. Uh, the first is going to be the, the accuracy of our business data, and you can you can do that by getting your business information into the primary databases that are used by web directories that purchase that data to make sure that you know they're having up to date information, um, or you could use third party tools to to get bulk pricing on that that um, that data accuracy, such as um, Locallys. Um, well, these are the the databases, Locallys, uh, uh, Foursquare, which bought Factual recently, and Data Axle. And the tools that you could use to get access to those include Bright Local, Moz Local, and even SEMrush now. So, so I think that's the first part. The second part is going to be those local pages, like you were saying. What if, what if I have two hundred versus having just um, a single uh, location? And a single location, what I would do is I would take all the most important focal points that we know our users are looking for, such as a map, directions, hours of operation. Um, Anything that's uh, related to that particular location, store images or, or you know, uh, signage, anything that sort of sort of tells the the user this is what I can look forward to. Um, if you have multiple locations, you're going to take those same attributes and put them on their own pages. And you can see this if you were to do a search for any Applebee's or IHOP, um, public storage, right? They all have their own dedicated location pages, and those pages have their own features that can help them to rank. Um, the, the third part is going to be making sure our business information is found off the website, similar to what we were talking about in organic search, where we want other websites to link to us. With um, with local search and appearing in the map packs, we want the search engines to find our name, address, and phone number consistently across the web. And the last piece to a local search campaign is making sure that people are leaving us reviews. And, and the Google reviews are great because, of course, that's the first thing they're going to see. But search engines are looking for words and sentiment and ratings across the web. So we want to pay attention. Do a search for one of your competitors or for yourself with the word reviews after it and look at what sites come up. Are they Yelp and, um, you know, Foursquare? Are they TripAdvisor and uh, travel-related websites? What are the sites that are coming up that we need to pay attention to so that when people do see us in the search results, they see positive ratings and, and recent reviews that people have left for us? Now, how does that apply differently towards a website that has one page, one store, uh, and what are the differences in that? So for a multi-location brand, instead of using a a small tool like a, a Bright Local or a Moz Local, you might use more of an enterprise platform to manage your data because you've got 200 locations and you need a system that can handle that many locations. In that case, we would use something like a Yext or a Rio SEO or an Uberall. Uh, for the local page management, we have to we have to get really creative. If you've got less than 25 locations, you can probably lock down a couple days or a week, couple weeks, and, and write some content for those pages. But when you get into the hundreds or like some of our restaurant chains into the thousands, it's really difficult to scale how we create, you know, what we call hyper-local content, content that's related specifically to that location beyond just the address and, and phone number. So what we'll do there is we'll send out a survey to all the location managers or franchisees, and we'll ask them questions. How far are you from the, the closest freeway? What is the closest freeway? What parks are nearby? What sporting venues are nearby? What are the sports teams? And then we'll, we'll thread that into some dynamic content and inject that information in there. So in other words, 
um, you know, uh, hungry after watching the game at such and such stadium where hopefully the team name won, right? So we can create some some hyper-local content that's relevant to the user and the geography to make our pages individually more unique than the other pages that are on the website. So that's that's one big challenge that most multi-location brands have a hard time doing. For one of our clients right now, we've actually um, sourced a resource in the Philippines who's basically data mining because they don't want to do the survey. The, the, the businesses are too busy. They don't have five minutes to fill out a survey. And that's okay. And I get it. Some of them own 300 locations and they don't want to do 300 surveys. So uh, so we, we farmed it out to do the data mining. We load it up into a database. We send it over to the the platform that's managing that, that business data for us. And then that information gets put onto the local pages that are also hosted by that same provider. Um, they simply set it up on a subdomain, restaurants.website.com. Right? You could also do restaurants um, forward slash locations if you wanted to, whatever you feel more comfortable with. But um, but that's that's how we, we end up scaling it is by doing the best we can to work with the individual locations first. If they're unwilling, which is normal in a large organization, um, sometimes you just have to you know, farm out some of the, the dirty work and getting that done. And sometimes it could take two or three years, you know, to, to get through every single location. But then you look back, you're like, wow, oh my God, we've, we've been two years into a pandemic already. If I would have started this, you know, in, in late 2019, how many of my locations could I have optimized by now that would be at the top of the search results, getting all the foot traffic to their locations? What we've seen is a lot of these companies end up doing paid search. Why, why do you think that's happening? Yeah, it's interesting when you look at the dollars they spent on paid search too. And if, if they would have taken those same dollars and really just created amazing, helpful content, you know, um, I think paid search complements organic for sure. I think every time I've, I've seen where paid and organic are playing well together, I see higher click-through rates in search results. When they see us twice, they're more compelled to click on one of our listings, be it our paid or organic results. I think the data that you get from the search terms that are converting for you that you can apply to your organic pages so that you're not just driving traffic from high searched keywords, but keywords that have actually produced sales for you is extremely effective. I think in running placement reports where you're looking at maybe doing some display advertising after someone visits your website, you're doing some remarketing and then maybe some direct display where you're choosing some places you want your ads to show up. Then you look at those placements and go, wow, these 23 websites convert really well for us. Let's see if we can do something, you know, direct with them, maybe even get them to swap their ad spot on the pages that are sending that traffic with a, a static ad from us, you know, for a fixed amount every month. So now we're, we're doing two things. We're getting more traffic from high converting pages that might eventually culminate into a relationship where you get an organic link as well and some natural organic visibility on that site, which boosts your SEO. So I think, and, and if, you look, if you look at the organic results for an ad group, let's say your, your ad group, what was the one we used earlier, arcade game retailer. So I've got a Galaga game in my office and um, let's, let's say we're, we're going after that, right? Um, we, take, we take that Galaga page that we're sending all the, the traffic to for that ad group specific to that game. Um, we take those search terms from Search Console and we drop them into our ad group in paid ads. And suddenly we see our normal, um, our quality scores and the keywords that we had in there that were maybe a six or a seven go to eight or nine or maybe even 10 because Google already knows that that page is related to those search terms that you're applying to that ad group. So your quality scores go up, which take your costs down and your cost per sale go down as well. So marrying paid and organic as an ongoing strategy is um 
it's a great way to, you know, to, to maximize both. And if you feel like you're still paying too much for paid and you've got perfect quality scores and you've got perfect ad relevancy scores and perfect landing page scores and you're still paying too much, um, you know, then uh, you can take the cost down and you'll still benefit by getting the traffic from organic. On this podcast, we are growth hack. And so we've stayed away from SEO for a long time because it is not normally and traditionally a growth mm -hmm. hack. Now, when we talked in the pre-show about uh, you know your strategies to make it more of a sprint than a mm -hmm. marathon, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Sure, of course. Some, sometimes there are really quick wins that you can get that can benefit SEO. Um, I'll give you my favorite example, Applebee's. Applebee's does a thing every year for Veterans Day. And as a veteran, of course, every year I want to outdo myself in how much traffic I can drive to that Veterans Day page from search. And so when we started with them, uh, we started to look at what links were coming into the website, which links were broken, you know, that need to be updated. And we found that they had 15 different Veterans Day pages that were all 404 errors. And when we looked at some of the third party tools that tell us who's linking, uh, we found at the time, I think it was over 15,000 links pointing into their Veterans Day page. It was crazy. And they were all 404 errors. They weren't benefiting from an SEO standpoint. So a quick win was simply redirecting all those 15 pages to a permanent URL and reclaiming 15,000 links. That was a huge win for the brand, for our SEO strategy. So just going into your web analytics, so going down to the content section in your analytics, searching by title for anything that contains 404 error, right? You look at that list, pull the last year of traffic that you get for, to those pages, um, and then take those URLs and redirect them to the best corresponding page, and you'll be able to recover some links really quickly and move up. Uh, running a quick tech audit, too, might discover some really quick wins as well. We've, we've noticed in some cases where sections of websites accidentally got removed from Google's index, and by removing one line of code from a file, suddenly all those pages are indexed and receiving traffic again. So within, within a day, in many cases, you can fix some things that... Um, can benefit SEO, particularly if you already get a lot of traffic to your website, because Google's crawling that website all the time if it's receiving a lot of traffic. So it's it's um, there's there's many ways that we can do that. One is of course like that 404 error uh, research. Two is you know just doing a a, a really in depth tech audit, which takes about a day. Um, you know, and coming back with with a list of high priority items that could boost search engine optimization really quickly. Another thing you can do if you've got a lot of similar pages, let's say that example of the multi-location brand, we've seen them where the, the local page will just say restaurant name and city in the title. And it's like, well, that's not very compelling. Let's create a dynamic title, still use those fields, but let's create something compelling like um, uh, new delicious pancakes or um, download uh, coupons, see current offers, right? It's something that, that compels them to want to click. And in one, one dynamic switch of your titles and descriptions, suddenly your click-through rates are up. Suddenly more people are going to the pages that are already ranking and those ranking pages rank higher within the next few weeks. We did this with Skechers. Skechers at one point just said Skechers official website dash and then the city name of where their location was. Right or, or um, on their product pages, their product pages were product name, Skechers official website. That was it. So we said, let's do this. Let's put the word buy, right? And then whatever the, the product name was, and then starting at, at the category level with the lowest price that they had in that category. 
suddenly, you know, people were seeing call to actions, right? Buy, purchase, order, download, right? Visit. Um, and they were seeing the product name, what they want, that they were looking for. Um, and some sort of unique selling proposition, if we can do that. In this case, it was price and trying to list the lowest price in the category. Um, and in doing that, almost overnight, we saw like 2,000% lifts and, and click-through rates on URLs that just weren't getting clicked at all. Um, it was a pretty exciting move, and it was a, a, a one-day task. You work with uh, the developers. You create some logic around the first title, dynamic title that you want to test, and you roll that out. And if you're a little bit nervous, roll it out in a subset. Maybe start with a small state. You know, work your way up. Maybe start with a, a lesser um, uh, important category on your e-commerce site. You know, but if you're if you're comfortable with it, roll the whole thing out and watch the difference in what your click through rate is in Search Console and what your traffic looks like, even you know a day or two later. You know, one of the favorite tools on on Growth Hack here is to monitor everything, right? Because we got to see what's going on. So, from an SEO standpoint. What tools have you seen successful for monitoring and just improving organic search? I think the most important tool that we've used, and it's the silliest thing too, if you think about it, is a, a browser extension called Visual Ping, P-I-N-G. And with Visual Ping, we basically pick up every single time the, the robots.txt file, almost every site has one. Just go to your website, forward slash, all lowercase, robots.txt. Um, look at that file. If that file somehow by a developer or someone else um, gets changed, it could block your entire website from getting indexed. So the first tool we use to monitor is this visual ping so that if in any case that file gets changed, we'll know right away and we can mitigate any risk of losing organic traffic quickly. Um, other monitoring tools would be like keyword monitoring tools like SEMrush and Ahrefs. If you're an enterprise brand, you might enjoy Conductor Searchlight or Searchmetrics or BrightEdge. Um, there's a lot of tools that you could use to, to monitor the progress uh, of SEO. Find your keyword gaps that competitors are getting traffic for that you're not. Add those to your tracking. Add the tracking to um, your, your content roadmap and then just continue growing you know, the helpfulness and the, the new content that addresses what your customers are looking for. Other monitoring tools that you would uh, want to use that are free include Google Search Console, right? You could log into that for, you know, a couple seconds a day. Just keep it pinned in your browser, right? So it's always there. You come in, you get your coffee, you click on Search Console, right? You, you go over to coverage. Everything's good. Everything's doing what it's supposed to do. No problems. Great, right? Maybe click on security. Maybe click on um, you know, a few of the other links that are available in the navigation just to make sure that there's no security issues or manual actions or penalties. Again, the whole, that whole look takes, you know, less than a minute to do. Uh, Bing Webmaster Tools will do the same. It'll, it'll tell you some information about your site and some things you could work on. Just paying attention to those things at least once a week, whether it's Monday morning or if it's every morning, you know, looking at Search Console, making sure you're monitoring with, with visual ping. Um, you know, will help make sure that your, you know, that your your search is secure and nothing is is going to happen with it. If you want to be a little proactive, you can use that same visual ping tool on your competitors' pages, uh, the ones that are competing against you. Let's say you're Bob's Watches and you're going after uh, Rolex Submariner, so you set up a a visual ping for all of your competitors' Rolex Submariner category, and when they make changes, you get a notification that they've made a change, and you can study and analyze and see if those changes stuck or if they reverted back and then you can roll them into your own test as well to see if it helps you steve thanks for coming on the show you've got a book don't you 
Right. We, we wrote a textbook. My, my co-author, Professor Doctor, and Professor Scott Cowley from University of Michigan, we wrote a textbook and courseware for Stukent. Uh, Stukent's for those people who want to take a digital marketing certificate program. So you can go to Stukent, S-T-U-K-E-N-T. And uh, the book is called SEO, Strategy and Skills. And it goes through all of the different disciplines that we talked about today, the e-commerce, the, the local uh, from beginning to end with all the courseware. And, and if you're a teacher, you, you've got lecture slides available that you could use with your students. And it took the good part of a year to put together, but we're really proud of it. And uh, we, we think it's the first college level full textbook just on the topic of SEO. A lot of digital marketing textbooks out there with a chapter on SEO, but very few that have a full textbook. So something I'm really proud of and um, excited to keep you know updating every year. Where, it, you know, we're going to have it in the show notes. Where could someone get access to this though? So for, for that, it's on Stukent. It's on the Stukent website. Um, you can go to Stukent and just search for SEO or just search for SEO strategy and skills. Um, it's, it's available there. But, you know, as part of that, you know, it was inspired by a course that I had, I had created for uh, Cal State Fullerton. And that course, I, I was able to create something similar on our Academy of Search. This is something that we want to try to push next year as a, uh, as a growth hack of our own is to try to scale with these courses. If your listeners want free access to that same course that uses the same topics that are in that book, they can go to Academy of Search and use code SEO Steve, which has been my handle for the last 20 years or so. Um, use code SEO Steve and you get free access and save yourself 600 bucks. Well, again, Steve, thanks for coming on the show. We definitely want to have you back at some point and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Julian.